Welcome to Guerrilla Discipleship. I'm your host, Kevin Baker. It is such a good uh, time to be together. Thank you for joining us. And uh, if you're here with us last week, we're going to continue the conversation that we started with Pastor Barbara as we talk about casting vision to other believers for disciple making and how God can use that vision casting. In fact, today we're going to pick up with uh, Pastor Barbara as she starts talking about looking for a bread mentor. She's going to tell us that's finished that story for us, and you are going to like it. Let's get with Barbara. All right. So uh, during this storm, one of the things that happened was there were no eggs, no milk, no bread. Oof. And so, and no meat. I mean, the mar the sometimes the stores were just closed. I mean, it was pretty. It got pretty severe because we couldn't. They couldn't get food in because of the, the everything was so bad. So, um, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to make a loaf of bread because I don't. You know, I've got a recipe. Looked it up on the internet. I can do this, right? Right. Well, it was horrible. It was horrible. Like I didn't cook it enough. And the whole center was like a big ball of dough. I ended up having to throw it all away. And I had spent like four or five hours on this, you know? And so um, I have this app called next door, which is about, you know, it's about neighborhoods, that right. kind of thing. And so um, actually after, after kind of realizing that, that it was okay for me to accept help, you know, and not be the helper all the time. Right. I decided I was going to put out on next door to see if there was someone who was willing to come <clears throat> and help me make bread. It was a need that I had. It was something I wanted. And I thought this could be really cool. All right. Wait a minute. I got to stop you. I want, I want to hear the rest of the story, but you, you just said something that's so amazing to me. Why did you say someone who would come help me as opposed to, because I feel like the American way would have been to say, does anybody have any extra bread? But why did you invite them to come help you? Or why was your head thinking, come help me? Because I, because I wanted to be, I wanted to, uh, to live authentic, authentically, which is to express that I have needs and vulnerabilities as well. So really it was, it was realization that, Hey, I'm in the same boat as all these other people. None of us have bread Yeah. and I want to learn how to make bread, but I don't know how. And so I was just, I just wanted to invite some, you know, I said, I'm looking for someone. I want to make bread. I don't know how I flopped terribly making this recipe. <laughs> and I'm wondering if there's someone out there who's willing to be a bread mentor. Wow. So I just put this out there in my neighborhood. Well, I had maybe five or six or seven ladies come back and say, one says, oh, I use a bread machine. I'm like, cool, but I want to learn to make it by hand. Right. Then, well, here's a recipe and it always works for me. I'm like, I've got a recipe. It didn't work for me. I want a mentor, you know? So I just kept coming back and saying, look, I know what I want. I want yeah. someone to come to my house or me go to their house. And I wanted to show me how to make bread, like do it together. Let's do right. it together. So, so a, a day went by and now there's 11 or 12 people talking about it. And then two ladies came forward and said, I'm willing to be your bread mentor. Oh, Wow. And so, you know, now I'm at the place like today where I'm going to contact them. I'm going to set up a time and I'm going to invite four or five of my neighbors and, and we're going to make bread. And I think maybe at some point I can talk about the kingdom of God parable about the yeast and the bread, because yeah. I tell you, after trying to work the yeast into five cups of flour, which is, you know, pretty, or five pounds, it's like maybe a two and a half pounds of flour to make the bread I was making, right? It takes a lot of work to work yeast into two and a half cups of 
of or pounds of flour. Can you imagine what it would take to work the yeast into 60 pounds of flour? Like that was a big task. Yeah. You know, but eventually the amazing thing about bread, if it works right and you're activated, your yeast is activated, that it doubles and then it doubles again in size. So it multiplies twice. Isn't that amazing? What I mean, okay, so here's the uh, fourth or fifth time we've talked about multiplication <laughs> that is so built into the scripture. And and uh, but I just want to compliment you and 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 honor you for that. I just think what an amazing I would have asked, and maybe I'm dealing with my own stuff here, but I would have said, Hey, does anybody have any extra bread? I would have never thought to say, I want to do this together. And yet that's how Jesus lived. Jesus was like, let's do this together. Hey, you want to come have dinner at my house? Jesus, would you come over and have, why don't you come to this party with me? And he was so relational. And we in our culture, now again, I'm in Maryland uh, and Barbara's in Texas. So I'm sure there's some different cultures there, but uh, we, I, I'm living in a suburban place where a lot of people open their garage door as they're heading out to commute and they open their garage door when they're coming back in at night uh, and uh, they don't might, might wave to their neighbor as they're taking their trash down. But what a joy to have you say, I wanna do this together. And then to have that as an opportunity for just relationally to, to tie together this activity with the gospel. You are just a, a natural born disciple maker. I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's the spirit, but I'm going to push back on that a little bit, but I think the main thing for me about that story was that it was something I really wanted. I mean, I think that we're afraid sometimes to engage our desires and our wants That's true. and to, and people can tell if you're someplace because it's a project versus if you're there because you really want to be there. Right. And so, you know, when I asked myself, you know, Hey, I really want to work. I really want to learn how to bake bread. I mean, it's something I really wanted. Um, then, you know, I felt then that release to go ahead and, and put that out there because it was authentic. It wasn't a project. That's wonderful. It yeah. is hard. to be, It's hard to be vulnerable like that. I think you're right. Maybe one of the things we have done so poorly in the church is that we have lived in our own little safety shelter of, of not necessarily being vulnerable ourselves, but we expect the world and people who are who are outside of, of the church to be vulnerable to us. We'll come in with all the knowledge and we'll we'll help you people as opposed to coming and saying, look, we all have needs. Um, we also have this this uh, this amazing relationship with the, the God of the universe. And we would love I, we know he loves you. If he can love us, he can love you. And and if you don't know him yet, could we just introduce you to him? We really don't have that relational idea. And just what you were saying there, Barbara, reminds me that that disciple making happens in the ordinary stuff of life. Like, hey, a storm has hit us. I need bread. I'd like to know how to make it. And and God, you may just, you know, use me in this making of bread as a, a, a witness to who you are for these other people and, and watch what God might do. So it became, uh, there's two things really, there's, it's the, it's both and thinking versus either or, mm. you know, like we don't do discipleship and then, or do life, right? We That's do so discipleship good. in our life, you know? And then the other thing is that, um, it's an, it's, it became, I think for me, it's going to become an access point to my community because I had no idea 
um, I'm, you know, in a kind of rural area, we have 18 acres, we have, we're separated from our neighbors and things like that. So, you know, this next door app, I think is going to be a great way to, to, to build some connections. And then, you know, honestly, one need that I have is I don't have a lot of friends. Hmm. And so I'm thinking, you know, might God bring a, another, a new friend to me yeah. out of this experience? And wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, yeah. That's so you know, cool. So just being willing to receive the the good that God has from it. Um, so like, and, uh, here's it. I just want to share one other story that it, this was a, a go out among the lost story. Like we, sometimes we think, okay, you know, we got to, oh, I got to do my one, one, one this week. And I need to find some time to go out among the lost. And so the Lord led me to this, uh, to, to start my prayer walk. Cause I couldn't find someone to go with me. So I just walked my dog. He led me to start my prayer walk at one of our parishioners houses. And so, um, you know, I walked and I ended up praying for four or five people. And that was really neat. But on the way back, um, I happened to pass by a Chinese restaurant. Well, our Chinese restaurant that we used to go to had closed. Hmm. And I had been like lamenting this every time I'd gone by, you know, and saw it closed. I was like, oh, Lord, I miss Chinese food. You know, it's just one of those little laments that you. Right. And so as a reward, you know, it's like God rewarded me for my, my obedience because there was a Chinese restaurant I went right by and stopped and ordered food and took it home to my husband. And it was really good. Isn't that wonderful? Well, so, I, go ahead. So that was, that's part, you know, it's just, again, it wasn't an either or it was, you know, it was like, okay, God blessed my life, what I need to eat and that kind of thing. What I, what I like gave me pleasure in what I like to eat. Right. When I was obeying. So, so I want, if, if you don't take anything away from what we've been talking about, uh, I hope you'll take away what she just said, Barbara, that idea that, that it's not either, or it's discipleship in my life. It's, it's that my whole life and my discipleship fit together. And I do think that's what Jesus had in mind when he, when he gave that great commission, you know, go, I think, uh, and we've all probably heard this before, a good translation, as you're going, as you're going, make mm -hmm. disciples, as you're going to the store, as you're going to walk the dog, as you're going to, as you're, as you're surviving a storm, as you're surviving COVID, keep making disciples as you go to work. And so what a, what a great picture of that. Let me ask you, um, I want to kind of just, um, I'm going to open the door for you to say, what is it that you would say, based on now where you are today, having gone through this, uh, this eight-week training on disciple-making movements, seeing it, you have embraced it, you are, holy mackerel, you are doing such a great job. Uh, Barbara's training people. It's just amazing what Barbara's doing. What would you say, if there's one thing that you would want everybody to know, um, this is, this is the most important thing, you know, this is it. This is what I would want you to get. If you, you know, how, how what, what's the one big thing for you? Uh, that the one, the, one of the biggest paradigm shifts that I made, and that's part of my casting vision story when I talk to folks, is that discipleship in the West is come and see, learn and grow, go and do, but we never get to the go and do part because we never feel like we know enough. Yeah. But discipleship in the rest of the world is come and see, go and do. And that through that, you learn and grow. Amen. Amen. And that from a casting vision standpoint, 
and for my own life has been the most critical thing. And I'd say secondarily, um, since it's obedience-based discipleship that we're talking about, it's, I'm ha I've had to learn how to obey. Yeah. I've had to learn to, uh, to be like Abraham who was quick to obey. Yeah. I'll never forget that story um, about how, you know, he ran to meet the, the people and hurried. All, if you look at that story, it's quickly hurried, ran. Mm. I mean, he was not hesitant to obey when God spoke to him. And, yeah. um, you know, when the, in the sacrifice of Isaac, he got up early in the morning, cut the wood, prepared, went, you know, took the three-day journey. I mean, there was no hesitancy. There was just immediate obedience. And I want to get to that place. Yeah. Because what I've realized lately is that there's that Keros moment. There's a window in time often relationally with folks where if you don't do it right when God tells you to do it, that opportunity closes mm. and that time closes. And um, that's a huge responsibility. Oh, yeah. But it's also a great privilege. So, so I, delayed obedience is disobedience. Ooh. I, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's always true, but I do love what you said. There's a there's a an opening, and I look back on times in my life where I knew the the Lord was prompting something in me, and out of fear or whatever else, most of the time fear, I didn't respond. And I have a couple of unfortunately some pivotal moments that I think, what did I what blessing did I miss? And I know God doesn't want me to linger in sorrow over that. But I, I think that has spurred me on to say, God, I, I don't want to miss anything. And so help me to be, as you say, help me to be immediately obedient. Because when I, I don't know about for you, when I start thinking about it, I give the enemy room to talk me out of it or to talk myself out of it. When I begin to, to it's almost, it's not even that I question it. It's when I begin to almost reason it, instead of just saying, here, this is what the Lord said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to move into it somehow I'm able to talk myself out of obedience in that moment. So it's a good, another great nugget there to just say, we've got to act quickly when the Lord gives us an insight or a, or a, a, a command that he wants us to do. Can you just say more about, because one of the things that's so hard for, I think church, people who've grown up in the church or spent a lot of time in the church in the West is the difference between information discipleship or information-based discipleship and obedience-based discipleship. Would you say a little bit about that, especially how that's changed in you? Were you, now InterVarsity is a great organization. Um, would you say that back in college that you saw the, the need for obedience? Talk a little bit about the difference between those two, uh, would you? So, you know, I think that what InterVarsity does is it helps you recognize that there's a difference between, well, that what the, how they would say it is that there's a difference between the salvation and lordship. So mm. they kind of look at that as kind of le levels of discipleship. Um, but I would say uh, we were fortunate to have someone come and talk to our coaching group uh, who was a movement um, catalyst in India. Mm. And he was saying that, um, you know, how much knowledge is enough knowledge? And he would say, learn one thing, obey one thing. Right. And if, you know, 
that's pretty basic. It is pretty basic. You know, don't go on until you've obeyed the one thing you know. And just if you think about, you know, especially as an MDiv and, you know, having been through all the schooling and all of that, if you think about all the stuff you know, like we got a, I got a lot of obeying catch up work to do. Yeah, yeah. We, well, you know, it's, it, it almost feels like a Western culture thing. We don't want to obey until we see the whole staircase. I don't want to take the one step until I see exactly where it's going, but God doesn't operate that way. God says, I'll be in charge of where you're going. You just take one step at a time with me. There's actually some relief in that uh, of all the anxiety that seeing the whole staircase gives you. But there's something about, I think, our, our, our desire to be in control that I want to know all, I want to know the five-year plan, God, before I say yes to you right today. And I, and I again want to just say, I think we miss so much of the joy. In fact, the Bible talks about you can't please God without faith. If God had to always, has to always tell us the five-year plan, there's no faith involved. Because then what we're doing is making a decision based on what we see and what we know. But walking with God one step at a time, oh, one, know one thing, obey one thing, is really our way of saying, God, I'm going to live in faith with you. I'm going to trust you and, and watch what you can do with me. So amazing. And I think, I think in some sense, from a different perspective, it's a mercy. Hmm. It's kind of like not being glad that you don't know the yeah. date or circumstance of your death. Right. You know, in the sense that um, it, it's some, from, sometimes for me, it's as simple as um, I'll be reading a book on discipleship, like David Watson's book on discipleship. And I, I try to pay attention to the spirit saying, you know, stop reading because I'm a voracious reader. So I would just consume the whole book, but it's not helpful from a heart perspective because right. as the paradigm shifts happen, you have to let them settle and create a new space in your mind before you go on to the next one. Right. And I'll never forget because I was reading David Watson's book and I, and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to read one more chapter. You know, because I'd read a chapter and I was, you know, thinking that I'm going to read another chapter. Right. Well, the next chapter I read called for another level of obedience that I wasn't ready for. Mm. And I remember I set the book aside for almost 30 days. Wow. Because I had to grapple with that request for obedience that was in that chapter. I wasn't ready. Wow. But God knew that I went ahead and read a chapter I, I shouldn't have read. I wasn't ready for that. And so mm. I think that sometimes the one step at a time is, is, is a mercy because we're sometimes we're not ready for that big picture. You know, it just blesses me though, Barbara, to hear <clears throat> how faithful you are. Um, just, just in that, that relationship you have with Jesus of, I want to be faithful to you, God. I want to obey you, God. And, and I'm going to stay here. I mean, I don't think that dishonors God at all to say, God, I'm struggling to obey this. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not moving on. I'm not going to forget about it, which is what a lot of us would do, right? I, okay, well, I think he said something back there. I didn't like it, so I didn't, but you stayed with it. You just, and, and that, that heart of yours to say, God, I'm struggling to figure this out. Um, I think itself is an act of obedience and uh, what a joy that is. That's amazing. So, yeah, but I was real close to jettisoning the whole thing. I Were mean, you it was, really? It, yeah, it was it was that hard. Yeah, for and, me at uh, that and point. would you say it was just the spirit of God that helped you get from where you are to to not jettisoning everything? It actually came back to that glory thing, you know, just saying that uh, you know, kind of like the disciples saying, you know, Jesus saying, "Well, are you leaving too?" Yeah. And they say, "Well, where else can we go?" 
for the words of eternal life. Where else can we go? There's, you know, but then, you know, it, the good thing was after that 30 days and some other stuff had happened, I went back and I reread that chapter and, you know, I was able to say, I'm all in. Wow. I was able to come back to that point, you know, that is so that's so good. Amazing. Hey, I think that's a great place to close this. Barbara, I, I, we started with God's glory. We're ending with your desire to see God's glory spread to all people. And, uh, and what a joy. I cannot thank you enough for uh, coming and, and being willing to chat with uh, our folks here and uh, share the story that you have. Barbara has, is training other pastors, other leaders. She has got some partnerships in Texas. I'm telling you, there's great and amazing things happening. And um, I am just so grateful that uh, I get to have a friendship with you, Pastor Barbara. So thank you. All right. Bless you. And um, thank you. I'll have you back again at some point when you're willing to come, Barbara. All right. Then All I can right. share a little more about the end vision. Yes. Oh, we should do that. All right. I'll talk to you. All right. Well, once again, we've run out of time on uh, this week's edition of Guerrilla Discipleship. I am just so grateful again for Pastor Barbara's willingness to come and talk with us as, as we had the opportunity to cast vision of disciple making. It has just taken off with Barbara. And as you can hear, God is doing amazing things uh, in her and through her for the sake of God's kingdom. What a joy. And I love the, the bread making story. Um, what are you looking to learn that you can begin to think, man, I want to study that. And, uh, and it can be a way that I can not only learn a new skill or a hobby, but I can also become a follower, uh, make uh, other followers of Jesus, or at least uh, to be a disciple maker in the midst of that. So I hope you'll join us next week for another exciting uh, edition of Guerrilla Discipleship. God bless you, and we'll see you then.